Hi, this is Cody Carpenter, and you're listening to Adrian Has Issues. Hey everybody, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. So, in order to properly set this up, let's go way back. This is now 2010. Um, I had been living in my own apartment for a while, and I definitely didn't have the means to go out as much when you are living by yourself. So, on this one great evening, I fell down like this rabbit hole of sorts on Bandcamp.com. And if you know me, I've always been a fan of indie music, and it was this great well of, like, just awesome bands. So, you know, I was, you know, checking this one out, downloading this, and it came across a band from Toronto entitled Young Doctors in Love. And I was like, well, that is probably a, a really good band name, so let me check them out. And it was a EP entitled Five Golden Grades. And I, <laughs> funny enough, fell in love with the band. As we went along in years, they have released other albums, including World's Greatest Rock and Roll Band in 2014. But today we're going to be discussing their new album entitled In Love, which was just released uh, this month as it is recording. So with me, I have... (laughs) Also, also, congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. (laughs) Please welcome to the show, Clay Puddister and Stephanie Matos. Clay, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time out. (laughs) Cool, thanks. (laughs) appreciate it likewise when i found out that you had come out of hiatus to make this new album you know i've also realized that there's a a span of time that i wasn't aware of so first and foremost to both of you the first thing i really want to ask is with in love there was a little bit of a break and then of course the reformation of the band with the new lineup so what has that experience been like leading up to the songwriting process I wouldn't say that the songwriting process changed that much between the last albums and this album. We released the last album in 2014, and then our old singer, uh, Leslie and Amanda, they both left the band because they wanted to do other things and travel and have babies and stuff. So I put an ad on Craigslist for some singers, and Stephanie and Melissa answered. Well, actually, lots of people answered the ad, and I was meeting with lots of people, and uh, most of them weren't very good, unfortunately. <laughs> but then, when uh, it, the funny thing is, when you're auditioning people, usually, you know, as soon as they start to sing, within three seconds, you just know, you know what I mean? Right. You know, oh, this is not going to work. But then, but still, you kind of go through a bit more of the audition just to kind of, so you, you know, you don't want to stop them after five minute, five seconds and say, no, sorry, get out. Anyway, so when Stephanie came and auditioned, yeah, right away and just knew, okay, this girl's great. She's got a great voice and nice personality and everything. And um, Actually, Clay, to this day, has never told me that I'm actually in Young Doctors in Love. Oh, really? So, like, <laughs> yeah, I never got like, confirmation that I'm in the band. So all of this is just sort of like, oh, we're just okay. doing it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, just, it's one of those things where we just sort of like met up and then like, yeah, we just kept rehearsing and like I met Melissa and like she's lovely and wonderful and we get along really well. And so it was like a really nice introduction. <laughs> you definitely passed the test, I'd imagine. <laughs> you, you passed the audition. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like I deeply consider myself a like a long time <laughs> member of Young Doctors in Love. But 
Yeah, I think like in between um, the last album and this album, I mean, like definitely, I think I've, I speak for the band when I say that like everyone went through some pretty like crazy huge life changes. People had babies, and um, and I think like that's sort of like you can hear that in this album. There's like a different sort of maturity to it, so yeah, that's sort of something exciting. Yeah, I could definitely attest to that. Um, talking about maturity and the sound, it's as every bit as you know fun-filled and you know it's like that great retro pop that has always come through through young doctors but there is a little bit of this like maturity to it now where i feel like with this lineup it really is cemented in a way that i think and this is not in any sort of like you know to, to put anybody down but i think it's cemented in a way that i you know has never really been done before clay writes a lot of really, really beautiful, beautiful harmonies. And Melissa has like just the best full rich voice. And like, we're really lucky because it's like a combination of like the beautiful melodic songwriting. And then also like, I don't know, we just get to play around with that. And we both really like each other as human beings. So it kind of makes it easy to like figure out what works. And like, there's a lot of trial and error, but yeah, so we really lucked out. So Clay, you mentioned Craigslist and auditioning. So wait, were all the members auditioned through Craigslist or is it just the vocalists? No, everyone except our drummer, Nick. I knew uh, Nick from uh, music school. Oh, wow. We went to music school together. So, um, yeah, everyone else is from Craigslist. Yeah, <laughs> um, the lineup on the EP, Five Golden Greats and World's Greatest Rock and Roll Band, there was some changeover between those two. And then there's a changeover from World's Greatest Rock and Roll Band to In Love. But overall, throughout the history of the band, we have had a lot of members. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually r- ridiculous. Like, there's been even members in between the albums that were, you know, just in the band for a couple of months or a couple of weeks or a couple of days or something like that, who just, uh, you know, just left for whatever reason. Being a big comic book fan, you know, I imagine it's something like the Justice League or the Avengers, where it's like you may have rotating members, but that mission's all the same. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there's some band members I can't even remember their names. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. much. But there, the there, fact <laughs> you, <so laughs> there, there was this one person I can't remember her name, but she she was in the band for a few weeks anyway, and um, just one day she didn't show up to rehearsal, and I never heard from her again. No way! Yeah, she just like ghosted you. Yeah, yeah, that was it. You just dropped off the face <laughs> of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, this shout out. <laughs> Are you okay? Woman. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, yeah. I, I hope you'll make yourself known. And it's like, look, being a part of this band, I think it's pretty awesome, but I hope everything's okay. Yeah. 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 A similar thing actually happened to the person who did the cover art for uh, the last album, World's Greatest Rock and Roll Band. The uh, the airplane on the cover. Like, I thought we had a good connection. Like, we had a lot of in common and we we're about the same age and had similar interests and stuff. And he was really into the band and I really liked his artwork. And uh, since he gave us the cover, I have not heard from him again. He hasn't responded to any like emails I sent him. And he has absolutely no online presence since then. He hasn't posted anything on Facebook or Twitter since then. So I don't know what happened to him. This, this, this is a dark interview. I'm sorry. <laughs> Taking an ominous turn. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah. all the same, <clears throat> even with all the changes, the fact that you're still at it, like I think, like I was saying before, like it really is a testament to sticking to your guns and keeping with it, even when it doesn't always work out. And that's something I think maybe as performers, whether it be in music or other mediums, we don't really say a lot. You know, you hear or see the finished product and you don't always see the behind the scenes of the amount of work and the amount of just toil and even sometimes trouble 
you go through to get things off the ground. Mm -hmm, For sure. I mean, it just, uh, for most people nowadays, it just, the music just shows up in your computer. (laughs) And, uh, well, it's been five years since we released the last one. We spend a lot of time getting this album together. I mean, between the writing and the arranging and rehearsing it and all the recording. Yeah, it's quite time consuming. Yeah. And funny thing is, I didn't realize it had been five years because to me, World's Greatest Rock and Roll Band, like that just came out. So yeah. when I got the <laughs> notification of, oh, hey, uh, there's this new singer for Young Doctors Love, I was like, wait, what? Like, like wow, that's so soon after the last one. And then you realize, wow, time really does fly. But mm-hmm. um, you did mention arranging and getting the songs together. Um, I know that obviously Stephanie has had a, a hand in the songwriting process on some of the tracks. So I don't know if you want to get into working together in your dynamic, because if, if it's anything like tonight, you two clearly have a really great working relationship and even a personal one. We don't really hang out too much outside the band, but when we do, we enjoy being together and we all, there's lots of laughs and everything. Every iteration of the band pretty much has gotten along fairly well, but this version of the band, we, we get along pretty well. Yeah. We have a lot of yeah, laughs. We have, yeah, we have some really good times. So that, that makes it yeah. good. But in but, terms of like the songwriting, I think like, I don't know, how would you say we work collaboratively, Clay? I write the music in um, this program called Sibelius which is a music notation program. Okay. So I write out the sheet music for the song and then I play it for Stephanie and <laughs> see what she says. And so I had this song, I knew it was called Julia, but I didn't have any lyrics for it. And I had all the music done and I just said, you know, what do you think of this song? I think it might be a bit too sappy or something like that. And she said, no, no, it's really good. I like it. And I she said, well, do you want to write lyrics for it? And um, she did. I had come over, we were doing some like recording in Clay's closet because we like had soundproofed his closet kind of, and we were just doing some like mock-up tracks for the album to see sort of what everything would sound like together. And yeah, it was one of the ones I think you were even like debating not putting it on or something or we were, but I was like, it's such a pretty ballad and it's just so different than anything that like ends up showing up on the record. So like I took it away and um, I sort of came back and then Clay had some edits. And so, so we sort of like worked with those and figured out what like sounded best with all of us and like the harmonies and, and yeah, everyone sort of dug it. So uh, it made it, it made it on. And I think that where you put it on there, I think is awesome. Um, a friend of mine, uh, we were doing another podcast and we were talking about the importance of where the songs are placed on an album Mm-hmm. and how important that is. And I think Julie's is great because, like, I mean, it's a, a fully-fledged song, but I think it's also, like, a nice introduction to right. what you're about to listen to. Well, I like the idea of starting an album out with a slow song because it's not normal, you know? Right. Like, um, Velvet Underground's third album starts out with Candy Says, a ballad. You know, I was thinking of that a bit. And also, the Beach Boys' Friends album um, starts out with a short snippet called Meant For You. So it's a bit unusual because usually you want to start off with a like a good hit song <laughs> for your first song on the album, but putting a slow song there can be risky. Like I noticed when we uh, put our SoundCloud page up, I don't know, maybe just even a couple of hours we put it up, and I just looked at the the listens for each song, and I saw it. Julia had ten listens, and all the rest had one. <laughs> so what that meant to me was, you know, nine people listened to like the first song and just then they left. <laughs> Because they didn't, I don't know, they didn't dig it or something. But I don't know, they don't want to hear a slow song. I know, they're lost. Because so, it's, it's, like yeah, I said, it's a really good, strong song. And especially with Melissa and Stephanie's vocals, it's, I think it's a real nice showcase of their vocals. I mean, I don't know, like, man, like, really? You're going to cut out after the first one? Like, that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only something like 54 seconds long, I think. 
Yeah, it's not even that long. Yeah, yeah like that. That just I think that's less uh, an issue with you, but it's like, come on, like fifty four seconds. <laughs> like, it, yeah, I'm like I'm like a B side person too. So like, right. anytime I hear like a slow song on a really amazing album, I'm like, yeah. So you know, also I grew up with like a family that just like loves singles and loves A side. So on car trips, I was always like, no, play this really slow sad one, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. different stroke. They're just missing out, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. Another fun snippet about this, before we go further, like, with the, the materials you sent, you said that the album was loosely inspired by Thomas Pinchon's novel V? Right. How is it related? Because now it's really made me think about this album in a completely different light. It's not like the lyrics are literally um, reflecting anything in the book. It's not like a song is about looking for crocodiles down the sewers, right, in the book. Anyway, <laughs> in V, they're looking for something called V, but they don't know what it is, if it's a person or a place or whatever. You know, they're in the various characters named V and things like, like with names beginning with V. So I was taking that idea. I had two songs with Jays, Juliana and Jody, I think were the first two. And I thought, hey, let's just do all J names. <laughs> and so I wanted each of the different songs to be about something uh, different when it comes to love and relationships and that stuff. So it's like maybe the album is not based on V, but maybe inspired by V, maybe it would be a better way to put it. When I had done the write-up for the single Juliana, even right. in terms of just looking at the track listing, I started, and maybe it's me because like anything progressive rock, I always tend to gravitate towards it, but it almost felt like it was a concept album and almost as if it were two halves like right. you know the song titles that begin with jay were like the first half or like the first act of the story and mm -hmm. come on and love me started like the second act so to speak yes yeah that's the way i think of it too okay so i feel so much better about that i'm not so alone in this <laughs> regard <laughs> i also think when you put when you put something like that out there like i might have an idea about what things mean or how things would line up but when you put the idea out there that there's something in there, people will start to look at their own ways of looking at it. So you could say, oh, how do the J songs relate to the love songs? Maybe there's some kind of relation between those. You know what I mean? Like maybe right. maybe one of the love songs is about Julia. Maybe one of the love songs is about Juliana, kinds of things like that. And Juliet, oh my gosh, like I have not been able to stop listening to that one. Like that one is, I think, of like the J songs, probably my favorite. Like the harmonies are great and the keyboards on this album are just top notch. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they're awesome. Like it just breaks into these cool sort of like synth pop sort of vibes. And I, I think those are always my favorites because synths just speak to me. Yeah, we used a different synthesizer on this album. On the last album, we used so synthesizers in my computer, if that makes any sense. So it's a it's like a, a program. I can I, I can plug in the notes and I can assign different synths to different sounds. But in this album, we used an actual synthesizer. So Pete, we we you know we would pro we program the synthesizer and Pete would play the synthesizer rather than doing it backwards. That's usually going to sound better anyway, especially if if you have a good synth because. Um, you're hopefully recording a you know a good piece of uh, hardware in your synth, and it's going to sound good. That that's part of the reason, I guess, why Juliana sounds that it has a fairly rich, uh, full synth sound on it. And also, Pete bought a new keyboard. He uh, bought a a Nord, a Nord keyboard, which is a really good keyboard. So that a lot of the organ sounds from that keyboard 
Yeah, like in the organs, I know you have always found your music, which are always fun because there's not enough organs now. Yeah, organs rule. Baby, we should definitely bring that back. Yeah, like I like that like gothic church sound. It's very mm-hmm. like sort of stately. So um, I wanted to ask you this, Stephanie, as far as your background vocally, because I wasn't sure if you were in any bands prior. I definitely like played music with friends when I was like a younger. I was like very much into sort of the musical theater scene. Then as I grew up, it was more sort of like um, just like a hobby. A lot of my family's really musical and um, my friend group was pretty musical. So I tried to like always sort of keep that in my life. And I've been like a a part of like a few things sort of in the past, but this is definitely like the most together organized band I've definitely been a part of. So this is new for me. And I never would have known that like it. Thank you. (laughs) And I know that sounds like a very weird way to phrase the compliment, but you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, no. I take that as a huge compliment. It's a really cool thing to be able to make music with other people and make it sound like you've been doing that for a really long time. So yeah, that's a super high compliment. With the music video and the few like video performances that I've seen, like you're just having so much fun doing this. And that's something I always tend to look out for in bands. Like, you know, and it's maybe hard to read because sometimes they're definitely feeling it, even if they don't necessarily visibly show it. But I get like a rush when I see that the band members are just totally into it. I mean, like, I think that's something that we've definitely released. I mean, like, obviously, the last five years, we've played a little bit less. So that's been sort of like, you know, we get together and we practice and we fit it in, but yeah, definitely like when we perform, it's kind of like a good excuse to hang out with one another. So it's just been, I think the joyfulness of it comes across as like really authentic because it is. And, and it's also like the whole process is really collaborative. So everyone feels like they sort of have a stake in it. And like, we're really honest with each other. And so I think that's why performances are just actually so much genuine fun. Stephanie and Melissa are uh, are naturals on stage as well. Like they're just natural performers. Yeah, actually, yeah. Melissa's not here to tell you this, but she has a very extensive performance background. Mm-hmm. So, it's really inspiring seeing her get so into it, and and I think that's sort of contagious. I don't know. What do you think, Clay? Yeah, you guys just seem uh, totally at home on stage and in front of the camera too. You know, if the camera comes towards me, I'm kind of you know, going to the corner, you know, <laughs> put the camera on them. I'm okay. Just put the camera on them. That's all right. It's nice because it gives our band, I think, something we haven't had in the past, which is um, what I would call maybe like professional stage presence or something like that. Melissa is actually an actor and uh, Stephanie has uh, done lots of dancing. She was a Raptors dancer, right, Stephanie? Get out of here, really? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a former Raptors dance pack dancer for many years, for like four years. Now that makes total sense because, like I said, watching the video and, like I said, the few uh, performances that were captured on video, it's like, okay. I was a little bit aware of the fact that Melissa had been on television, but now knowing the fact that your Raptors dance, I was like, okay, now everything comes full circle. <laughs> Because I'm like, you're not performing like someone who, like, you've been there before. Maybe not necessarily in a band setting, but it just seemed to come off so naturally. Yeah, I mean, like, especially when I was dancing at my, like, most hardcore professional sort of level. Yeah, there was, like, some pretty big audiences. But I actually, like, find smaller crowds and, like, smaller venues. Like, we played Junction City Music Hall a bunch, which is awesome. They're really lovely, and we really love them. 
But we play that venue a lot, and I always find that sort of more intimidating because everyone's so close. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of like the scariest thing. When there's uh, 30,000 people out there, it's like... Yeah, it's, it's like a, a massive sort of blob. Yeah, you yeah. can kind of clean it out more. Yeah. See, I almost kind of feel like, and maybe this is because I'm not a performer in that regard, so maybe there to me, I would almost think of it the other way around, where having that many people would be easier because that way you're not maybe actually looking at reactions. I've tried to, like, actually, the more we've performed, sort of, like, turn off that part of my brain, like, searching people's faces for, like, if they're into it or if, like, they're, like, enjoying themselves or if they're, like, just on the cusp of dancing. I've, like, tried to really just be like, this is about, like, us having a really good time and that sort of will will catch on and be contagious. But, yeah, when you're dancing, I remember the first time ever the Raptors made it to playoffs when I was still on the team. I remember looking out in the ACC and every single seat was full. Like they had sold out that night and I had never seen that many people in like one place watching me. And I remember just like feeling the sweat drip down my face. And I was like, okay, never mind. This is way more intense than anything I've like experienced. So I mean, like there's, there's different, there's different levels. I feel. I understand that. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine on Facebook had posted uh, it's like this archive footage from uh, one of Jimi Hendrix's performances. I think this is 1967. Uh, he's performing Hey Joe. He's playing the guitar with his tongue. like He's playing guitar behind his head. Like He's just really going all out, as he often did. And then like for most of the performance is based on just the band, whether it be Jimmy or like maybe the bass part of the rhythm section. But then once it cuts like at the very last maybe couple of seconds of the video, it cuts to the crowd and no one is moving at all. They're just watching. And they're just watching. And I was so confused and almost hurt. And maybe it was one of those cases where they were just sort of blown away because, you know, they politely clapped at the end. But I'm like, you're in the presence of Jimi Hendrix. And like, I don't know. I feel like I, I'd feel a certain kind of way about that. <laughs> Right? Yeah, like you appreciate greatness when you see it happening sort of thing. It's not like a retrospective, like, I was there when, you know? Yeah, I I feel like that too. Yeah, so like, that's why I'm like, the audience will take whatever we're putting out there and sort of like, translate it into whatever they want to remember this experience as. as but like, it's just kind of cool that every show we've played, I can say this without like, any sort of any sort of anything like I think we've actually like gotten really better and there's like a we've gotten really better we've gotten a lot better and there's like a very very thoughtful sort of like okay what did we do really well what can we approve what did everyone seem to be really enjoying so it's like it's very constructive well when you were talking about the Jimi Hendrix story I was thinking something that I think a lot and that is that no matter how good you are and there's going to be people who are not going to like it yeah. or just going to be just going to be blah you know they don't care someone could write hey Jew tomorrow and Millions of people would say, eh. <laughs> it's just the way life in the arts is. I guess that's true. But, you know, and I know certain bands that I listen to are for an experience. Like, I'll turn it on, you know, lights off, close my eyes and just kind of just be in the moment. But then there's sometimes, like in the case of Young Doctors in Love, where it's like, I want to be nodding my head. Like I was when I first heard Juliana in my uh, town's library and they're all staring at me with my headphones on, spazzing out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, look. I, I can't help it. I mean, I can see if I was singing loudly, but I'm like, no, like this is supposed to get you moving. And it's like, mm -hmm. I feel like if I don't do that, I'm doing a disservice. I think that's also one of the best parts about performing live is that um, very often, like people actually will start dancing, which is super fun. And it's 
kind of cool to see. And like, as someone who appreciates the medium of like dancing, when you hear good things or like things that inspire you to move, I'm always just like really like struck by like how some people will just like get up and do it. And like, sometimes we'll start with like one couple and there'll be like no one else on the dance floor. And then like another two people will come up. And then sometimes it's just like one couple dancing the entire time. And like people just looking at them and like <laughs> <laughs> looking at us and like, it's just the two. Sometimes there are family and friends, but yeah, no, it's always interesting to see. I want to ask each of you, like, what is your favorite song on the album, whether it was to write or to perform or just even to listen back to? Mm-hmm. You want to go first, Stephanie? Ooh, I'm, okay. I'm interested to hear what you say. I would have to say it would be, would you say that you love me? Oh. Yeah, that's, that's my, that's, that's my favorite track. That's interesting. Cause that what could, about you? What about you? Uh, I was going to say, actually, would you say that you love me or if you give your love to me? Oh my gosh, me too. Those are tied for my two. And I also like Juliet. Juliet is so, like I said, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, Juliet's really fun. Yeah, oh, okay, that's awesome. I think as, for me as a songwriter, I feel like those are the two most perfect tracks. I'd say like the the lyrics and like the sort of like the melodies, like everything just seems really cohesive. Like it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful in its entirety. You know what I mean? Now, the more I think about it and the more that I talk to you, now I really get why this album is called what it is, because there's just a genuine love that you have for this music, and you can't help but get into that. And, you know, again, some people experience things differently, but I think this really is, like, the the strongest Young Doctors album, hands down. Thank you. That's great to hear. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's really, really lovely. So, Juliet, your favorite? Absolutely. Yeah? By a landslide? I would say landslide. And again, that's not to say that the others weren't great, but I go by how animated can I possibly be? Because like, even on like the ride home today, I have to listen back to it. You know, I'm so glad that there's no hidden camera in the car because... <laughs> <laughs> and this was actually funny enough, going back to um, when uh, World's Greatest Rock and Roll Band came out, the company I worked for, like they actually had cameras in their trucks, you know, okay. for like a security reasons. I know it's the worst. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I heard your reaction. I was like, yeah, gross, right? <laughs> but when <laughs> when that album came out and I'm listening along to it, somewhere, I'd imagine, I don't know how long they keep it, but somewhere uh, the former company I worked for has probably video footage of me completely losing my mind <laughs> in the back of the car listening to this. So I don't know if there's audio, but I think it'd be funnier if it isn't, the, of just yeah, me dancing. And they'll forever be wondering, what was he listening to that caused him right? to pretty much have like a full body spasm yeah. in the back of the <laughs> so that's a good that's a good idea for a video, a music video. Yeah, let's see if we can track down that footage. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Copyright Young Doctors in Love, Um, totally run with yeah. that. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, like a hidden camera thing, you know? Yeah, totally. Who was it when we were filming the Juliana video? Who was it said, if we do a Juliet video, we have to have lasers? I don't know. But when I got there, someone was like, (laughs) Juliet video, lasers. And I was like, okay, I'm in. Agree. (laughs) How do we incorporate lasers into the hidden camera idea? We've got two, two ideas now. The hidden camera one could be for some other song. Just give me a little bit of your love or something. I don't know. 
I feel like we could incorporate like a little bit of laser play in in a hidden camera. Like maybe okay. like the 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 cab of the of the car turns into like a disco. That'd right, be kind of cool. <laughs> just on the choruses. <laughs> I was gonna say smoke machines, <laughs> but I feel like that's a safety issue. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. a visibility thing, yeah. but and a budget issue as well. <laughs> I don't know. I actually, I think we still have a smoke machine. And I don't know. Like, I don't know how much it is to ship it out to Canada, but <laughs> I've been finding ways to use it. It's been sitting in our like in our our back room like for at least a year or two. And okay. I was like, you know, maybe I could just do like a live podcast. It just has smoke machines and lasers. Yeah. Do it for yourself or just, like, have, like, a casual dinner and just have the smoke machine going. <laughs> Make it seem really eerie. <laughs> I'd love to have a smoke machine. That sounds really <laughs> We have so much to work with. Thank you. <laughs> not a problem. Maybe this is why I'm not a producer because I'm like, all right, everything is smoke machines and lasers. Like, you can't do this all the time. Yeah. It's like, Adrian, this is a funeral. Stop, please. <laughs> People are sad. Leave with your smoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with me. This has been an absolute blast. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. What's the next step for the band? Because I know the new album's out, and I know you had mentioned a couple of times touring and performing hasn't always been, you know, at the forefront. But, you know, is that something you do see yourself doing now with the new album? Well, for this album, we, for the first time, hired a, a PR firm <laughs> to uh, help us with the promotion. On the other albums, I just did it my, myself, basically. And it's a lot of work. If you're doing that, you don't have much time for anything else, like songwriting or whatever. So we're hoping that working with this company, uh, Last Tango Productions, is going to help us reach more fans. If we get more fans, then touring will be more of an option. We all have day jobs and... It's hard to get, you know, weeks off work to go out on tour. But if there's some money on the other side, maybe it can be okay. <laughs> I know. That's like, I'd love to see you play. And that's the one part about just, you know, bands of the country is I'm like, dang, it's a little bit harder to hop in a car and go see them play. But I mean, Toronto's not that far from New York. So yeah, you yeah should totally. May 3rd, we're having a CD release show. Oh, gosh, I can see if like, can I actually pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> they don't need me here, right? I was like, honey, I'm going to go to Canada to see Young Doctors of Love. I was like, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> In fact, They'd anyone who's out there you. listening, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, actually, that's right. Yeah, let's put that out. Yeah, um, so one more time, just for the people at home. Our CD release show, May 3rd, Toronto, Junction City Music Hall. If anyone's within 500 miles or whatever. <laughs> 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 or, or, or however far you want to come, you know, we'll find you a spot in there. <laughs> Very cool. And I, I don't know, like, I just really day canada and i've been dying to go back so my girlfriend she's has some family up there so there you go we'll go see some family go see young doctors we'll make a thing of it i i think that um sort of like kicking it into high gear and like trying to see as many people around the world as possible like whoever likes our music just sort of go where the fans are and like see where that takes us i don't know i feel like it's pretty open right now because you know everyone's sort of on the same page, I think, with like where the band is. And yeah, no, it would be awesome to do some more touring for sure. Like I, I think more touring would be awesome. Like New York, I think I think that's a summer thing. I think we could do it. That <laughs> sounds good. My only concern is the whole visa situation. Oh yeah, that's right. Dang it. <laughs> I mean true, I, think true. You, I think you can arrange it if you, somehow if you don't make money. 
like if we went there and said we're not going to make any money and you have to get a, like a letter from the venue or something saying you're not going to make any money uh, which, uh, I see. you know what i mean because we'd be coming over to, for business reasons but yeah touring uh, we toured eastern canada a few years ago that was before stephanie was in the band though and that was a lot of fun you know going to see different places and playing a different city every night and you know it's like a vacation but you <laughs> get to play music all the time yeah what could be wrong with that you know not a thing. And again, just thanks so much. And also, I want to just make a, another quick shout out to uh, Peter, Sam, and Nick, who are not here, but stellar musicians. And again, thank you so much for putting this together. I really did miss the band. So when they came back, like it was, it was kind of like a, a strange homecoming because, like I said, the the last two releases were very instrumental, no pun intended. You know, when the times in which they came out, you know, like I always go back to you know the sound of broken glass. That was kind of like my work anthem for a while. And <laughs> that's a beautiful, beautiful song. I love that one. <laughs> that's where it all started. Cause I remember first hearing that. And I, and please don't be offended. The first thing I heard, I was like, what the hell is going on? Cause with this, with a song title like that, I'm not really thinking much of, you know, like I'm thinking that was going to be a much heavier thing, you know, cause I'm like, that sounds a little bit darker than normal. But then, you know, once like the, the, the harmonies kick in. I'm like, okay, this is definitely not the song I thought it was, but I am into this. We actually don't play that live anymore. Bummer. Which we totally should because it's awesome. So, uh, Adrian, if you're going to come to Toronto for the CD release, you have to let us know so we'll have time to get that song together. Okay. Yeah, we will totally play that song <laughs> for you. Oh, oh, maybe I should just come back like in the in the back of the video, like with the hoodie, just yell it out, like plays out of broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> like that'll be your free well, bird like, here let's play it yeah <laughs> oh my gosh because i definitely that would be cool because i don't want to be the guy that yells out this song and it's like oh we don't play that one <laughs> yeah i mean we actually have a lot of songs now you know what i mean between the the two albums and the um and the ep and we also we also have a good dose of covers that we put in the set so yeah we can't play everything Ooh, a covers album would be great even like an ep because now <laughs> that, that sounds really cool because knowing your style Okay, now we're talking. We play some covers. We've we've been known to play. Uh, what what do we play? Uh, I, I think we should keep it a secret. Okay, should we? Because yeah, it's always yeah. a surprise. That's, it's a big surprise for people when they, when they. Yeah, it'll be a surprise for people when they when the when the song starts. Okay, the co- delightful yeah. covers. Wait. Sorry, <laughs> delightful stuff, covers await. <laughs> some stuff from the eighties. Lots of eighty heavy stuff. A lot of Almost. like hair metal, sort of. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, to be announced. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we'll keep that a secret. But again, thank you so much, Clay and Stephanie, for joining us. This has been an absolute blast. Before we head out, though, please let everybody know where they can listen to or even purchase the album because any and all attention should be diverted directly towards this album. It needs to be in everybody's playlists. It gets available everywhere, I think, like iTunes, Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. A whole bunch of other ones that I don't know about. <laughs> like the, some some ones I've never heard of before. I don't know. I think each person has their favorite, though. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think we'll be there. Whatever your favorite platform is, I think we're there. I like Bandcamp. I think Bandcamp is so, it's just straight ahead. Yeah, you just open the page and you press play, and it just it just works. And I'm also biased because that's this is going to sound a, a little cheesy, but that's how I found you guys. So <laughs> I wasn't sure if you found us through Bandcamp or MySpace because we uh, in 2010 MySpace was still a bit of a thing. Yeah, I had jump ship around 2009, so right. I wasn't even aware that MySpace was... You know, once I left it, I just assumed that, well, okay, no one's using it. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of miss MySpace, though. I think it was it was actually good for us in the very early days. 
it was interactive with the people more than Facebook is or any of the other ones, I find. Yeah. And I think that's why something like Bandcamp is important because you never know what you're going to find. And even something you don't even realize you're going to even enjoy. Mm -hmm. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues. And we will see you next issue.